What an honor it is to be with you today. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I know that you guys, and I appreciate the emails, you guys loved hearing the boss preach last week. I enjoyed hearing the boss preach last week. It was so good. Um, what does justice mean? And what an interesting topic during this time, right? Ooh, I've prayed about it a lot this week. Today's sermon. Become the light, the gospel. Become the light and the salt. But what does it mean to be a witness? A witness. That word usually in the church scares us a little bit because that has to do with evangelizing. That has to do with so many things. And so witnessing scares us sometimes when we use that word. Today we celebrate Pentecost. This is Pentecost Sunday in the church. The 50th day after Easter. 50th day after Easter. In the second chapter of Acts, we hear about the Holy Spirit descending upon the apostles, filling them just like Jesus had promised. The Holy Spirit gave them the courage to speak the truth of Christ and give of themselves to the mission of the church. Pentecost Sunday. Did you get that last line? Let me read that one more time as we go forward. The Holy Spirit gave them the courage to speak the truth of Christ and give of themselves to the mission of the church. So yeah, today is a good day to talk about what it means to be a witness. Because the mission of the church is to witness to everyone. Everyone. So many of you know, as I do my, my Rona updates each Sunday, I, my stove went out right in the middle of all of this. And that was interesting because I've been trying to figure out how to make good dinners without a stove. So good thing is Jeff and Owen got my stove in a couple of weeks ago, so I'm very excited about that. But the cool thing is, is through this time and the end of my son's school year, Part of one of his classes is he had to cook every single week. Now that's really cool, but if you're like me and you're about the ninth, tenth week into Rona, you have no idea what to cook anymore. Do I cook Mexican food tonight? Do I cook Italian food? Do I cook cheese and crackers because I can't think of anything else to cook? What do I cook tonight? So we've had this fun time of sitting around Jeff and I and Owen trying to figure out what are the meals going to be every night. So we only have to make one grocery store run because if you're going to the grocery store right now, you need a whole lot of Jesus to walk into one right now. It's not fun. It's a little scary. Anxiety is high and you have to wear a mask. And uh, by the way, thank you, Ms. Chapman, for my new mask. I love it so much. Uh, many of you know Ms. Chapman was my sixth grade home ec teacher, and I got to work today, and I had a beautiful new mask, so thank you, Ms. Chapman, for that. But none of us want to walk in with a mask on. You can't breathe, and if you have glasses on, I've been watching people with glasses on, and it fogs over, right? All that fun stuff. So at home for us, we've been really thinking through, what are we going to make? And one of our favorite things at home is we love the Food Network and HGTV. Those are our two favorite things. Okay, and I won't lie, 
I do watch the Hallmark Channel too. So those are my three channels. Do not make fun of me. Christmas movies rock 365 days a year. They just do. Um, But HGTV and Food Network are usually what I have on. And we love to figure out new recipes. Now, most of what they make on there, there's no way we'll ever be able to make at home. But we have fun listening and trying. Food, though, that they will remind you is really bland. Without spices. You can cut the meat just right. You can cook the potatoes to where they're just tender enough. But if you don't put the right spices with it, they're not very good. Now, when I was a little girl, my mom used to make collard greens. Now, for me, you might as well go out and mow the grass and stick it in a pot and cook it and call that collard greens because they all look the same. It's just like eating grass. But mom used to say there's one thing that changes collard greens. It's not the bacon fat because you put all that in the ham hock in there. You put a little vinegar in there. You put a little sugar in there. But then you add salt. She's like, salt brings all of those flavors together. So in cooking at our house, we've been thinking about the spices We've been thinking about the salt. We've been thinking about what makes a good meal taste good. That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me right now to Matthew 5, starting at verse 13. You, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is a word of God for the people of God, and if you're at home, you can say, thanks to God. So back to those collard greens, mustard greens, I forget, turnip greens, I think there's several of them, and they all look the same. They just look like somebody got their weeds and threw them in there and went, here, we're going to eat this. But it was a staple at my house. And then you would even take that old salty pot liquor and you would pour it in a cup and you would crumble cornbread in there. And then you know what you would do? You would add salt. Because salt, supposedly, would bring that pot liquor and that cornbread to just the perfect tension and the perfect taste. I don't think there was enough salt for me to ever want to eat that. But in my home, that was the way we learned it. Salt is needed to enhance flavor. You know what else salt is good for? Salt is good at preserving 
things. You want to preserve a good piece of meat, ham? I love this. I was reading about uh, Virginia hams. And in Virginia hams, they can last for up to a year. Swinging on rafters in room temperature. Do you know why? Because of the salt. The salt also draws out the bacteria from that meat so that it preserves that meat and that meat will stay fresh for a year. So not only does salt enhance the taste, but it preserves as well. Hmm. I still don't think it could preserve those collard greens. So then it bids the question for me in my life and in this week that we're in, are we bringing flavor and preserving those around us and in this world? Are we bringing flavor and preserving those around us in this world? Now, I know that some of you are looking at me going, well, I am to those that I like. I am to those that I come in contact with. But the Bible said to everyone, we are to be salt and light. So for me, I've had to think about what does that mean? What does it mean to be salt? Am I preserving? Am I bringing taste? Am I making it better? Because what salt has a tendency to do is take all of these ingredients and bring all of it together. Have you ever noticed that when you boil water, you still put a little salt in there? When you make or bake a cake or cookies, you put a little salt in there. Because salt then activates the sugar and the vanilla and the flour and the eggs and the cream. If you don't put salt in there, those flavors don't quite come together. Are we being the salt that brings all the flavors together? Then you get to the light. And all I could think, I know some of you have already sting and hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. I learned that my first, what, year in, in preschool. But a light, hmm, it always helps someone see something in a way they had never seen it before. I remember as a kid, in my music room, I would go and I would sit and I would do my study and there was one window in there. And so what would happen is I would get to studying and particularly when the time would change, in the fall hours, it would get dark by around 5, 5.30. And I would still be sitting in the same place I started doing my study. There was something amazing about when mom would come in and just flip on the light. I could see like I hadn't seen before, and all she did was flip on the light. But sometimes some of us are sitting in our chair, right? Doing our busy work and getting things done because that's what we are supposed to do. And then someone comes in and they flip on that light. Changes the whole atmosphere. All of a sudden, it's like, first got to get your eyes adjusted to, oh, it was dark in this room. I didn't even realize it was dark to begin with. To, okay, now I see way better. I didn't even know that half my paper said what they said because I couldn't see them because I was sitting in the dark. 
Seeing things in the right light makes everything seem better. Sometimes people walk in the darkness and have no idea until someone comes in and turns on that light. In the times we are in right now, are we being the light to a dark and sometimes cold world? Because light also doesn't just allow you to see, it warms the place up. So in the times we are in right now, are we being the light to a dark and sometimes cold world? If you're visiting with us today, follow me for just a minute because I'm going to talk to Crosswalk. And if you're watching, just know you're automatically a part of Crosswalk and Lover's Lane. We love you and we thank you for being a part with us today. But I want to tell you about the coolest thing that happened this week. Every two weeks, Jeff and I do a thing called roll call, crosswalk roll call. We just get everybody together on a Zoom call, and we talk, we pray, we visit. But my favorite thing is about the first 10 minutes of that call, I just stare at every face on that screen. I miss your faces. I miss you. And I just kind of sit there and I'm like, wow. Ooh, somebody's grown some hair. Or ooh, they've got some facial hair. Or maybe they're a little grayer. All kinds of fun things. But I've enjoyed looking at those faces. This past Thursday in roll call, and we'll have another roll call on June 11th, so mark that down. Everyone is welcome. It hit Jeff and I both while we were sitting there. Jeff kind of does his little arm thing with me, and he's like, Honey, right there on that screen, that's the witness. That's the witness. No truer example of what it means to be a witness, and especially after this week, than the people I saw on that Zoom call. People that have been marginalized for who they love, or the color of their skin, or their gender. Some that had been set aside to make feel less than, but they show up. And their witness is beyond words because their actions show what it means to offer the life-changing love of Christ every single week. They don't believe in just lip service. They believe in acting it out. If anyone had the reasoning to give up on the church, it was the faces I saw on roll call. They are black, they are white, they are gay, they are straight, they are single, they are married, they are divorced, and they are 100% children of God. They seasoned every plate that is set in front of them with love and compassion. So this week, as I had to finally turn off the news and even get off of social media for a few days, 
I'm not oblivious to what has gone on, neither is the church, and I want you to know that. We are not oblivious to an innocent man who was murdered. All I could think this week are my friends that I love that are a different color than me. One of my closest and my dearest friends plays drums with us every Sunday. And Pocket really is like my sister from another mister. And she and I are close. And so when things like that happen, usually Pocket's the one that gets my phone call and talks it through with me. And this week, Pocket and I did not have that opportunity. And this morning we had a little bit of a conversation. But all I could think this week was what Pocket has taught me. There's nobody I know on the planet that loves like Pocket Brown. There's no one I know that when her presence is in a room, it's salt and it is light. She has loved me through some rough places. I've loved her through some rough places. We've walked through some things together. But when I see someone that is murdered because of the color of their skin, all of a sudden, Pocket and Madaku, my Aunt Gertie, all of these people in my life that mattered to me, they come to my mind and my heart, and I just sit there and I cry. It's an ugly cry. I am not black. I don't know if y'all know that. I am not gay. I am not single. But I am married. I am a white female. I'm a wife. I am a mom, I'm an aunt, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter-in-law, I'm a pastor, I'm a worship leader, and most of all, I'm a child of God too. I will stand with Pocket Brown and my friends. I will stand with my crosswalk people that have showed me and witnessed to me what it means to be a witness to this world when the world says, no, you go stand over there because you don't belong. And they've said, no, I'm not listening to you because God said who I am is who I am and I'm going to stand here. And you show up every single week and you don't give up on the church because you don't give up on God and you know that sometimes the church gets it wrong but you know that God will always get it right and even through this week and the things that are going on I promise you that God will always get it right I don't know how sometimes but what I do know is that he is always working it out for our good my job and your job is to be salt and light and to witness like never before. And we are called to witness sometimes in ways that don't look familiar to us. We are called to witness sometimes in ways that are unfamiliar, that are hard, that aren't easy. And sometimes we're called to witness in ways that just mean stand with your brothers and your sisters. You don't even have to say a word sometimes. Sometimes silence is better. And then sometimes silence is not. I will stand for the battered women that are home right now through COVID because you know what? There are a lot of women and children at home because they can't get out that are in abusive situations. I will stand and say enough is enough. I will stand 
with my African-American brothers and sisters and say enough is enough. I will stand with you. Because every Sunday you come in and you stand with us. You crosswalk, you that are visiting today, you are the witness. You have been the witness and you've been the greatest example of being a witness. You know, we used to think a witness was the church lady look, right? Being a witness is walking what you talk, being who you are and who God authentically called you to be. When Jesus began to preach a sermon, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't playing around. And I challenge you that are visiting, if you haven't met these people It won't be long. Hopefully very soon we'll be opening doors and you can come and you can meet them. I'm thankful that today we celebrate the day that the Holy Spirit filled that room and called us all to be a witness. What does your witness look like? What does your witness look like? Father, I thank you. Father, I don't have all the answers and I don't know, God, sometimes it's the most helpless feeling. But Father, I know that you do. You are a God that healeth thee. You are a God that brings flavor to the whole meal. You are a God that lights up the universe. And when you said, let there be light, there was light. And when you breathed your Holy Spirit into the room that day, that put a call on everyone in the room to be a witness, to spread that salt and to spread that light, God. We are forever grateful. We take that challenge, God. We take that challenge, God. And when our brothers are hurt, we hurt. When our sisters are hurt, we hurt. Because God, we know that when they hurt, you hurt. We stand, God, and we believe.